My friend, you're here because you want English skills that help you connect with people on a deeper level. So join the free accent training community on school.com today and get some momentum going with your American accent development. Open the link in the description and request to join the free accent training community while spots are available, my friend. Welcome to the English Out Loud podcast, a podcast where I give you tips on how you can enhance your spoken English. My name is Pat. I'm from Toronto, from Canada. Currently back up in Canada for this fine summer. It's been a lovely summer. The first summer I've spent out of Mexico in, I don't know, the last like three years or so. Just about every summer I've been in Mexico. And I mean, okay, summer is something in Mexico. I, I wanted to say it's lovely in Mexico, but it is intense. Summer in Mexico is a totally different concept from summer in Canada. Summer in Canada, when you get 20 to 35, maximum often, 35, sometimes it goes a little over, but it's uncommon. 20 to 35 degrees celsius and this summer has been between 20 and 30 the whole time it got up to 30 degrees yesterday and i was hearing people complain about how hot it was all day i was thinking it was just starting to warm up and so i'm enjoying the nice cool summer here with lots of mosquitoes i'm staying over at my buddy's place he has a small chicken farm he's been starting he's got about 200 chickens and I think about 25 turkeys. And so he's busy. Lots of feeding, lots of cleaning. I've helped him do that cleaning. And I'll tell you, cleaning out a chicken pen, all the chicken feces all over the ground, it is hard work. And it's work that you've got to do regularly if you want to raise a whole bunch of chickens. Now, of course, he has the ambition to just sell the chickens for meat, so people can eat some delicious, organic chicken. And I think that it's a great idea that he's got. Selling chickens, why not? Why not? Honestly, it seems like chickens and humans have been quite fond of each other for quite a long time. We have existed together for thousands of years, and we have them all over the place. Everybody enjoys chicken. And so if you need a chicken, hey, make sure you send me a message, because I know a guy who can hook you up. Anyway, enough about chicken. Enough about chicken. That's going to get me hungry. And I don't want to talk about food right now. I want to talk about the sounds of the English language. I want to talk a little bit about the zzz sound. Zzz. Zzz. Almost as if you have a Z and an H together. Zzz. Because it's not an SH, right? Because SH would be shh, shh. But I'm going zzz, zzz. I'm voicing the SH position. I'm making an SH position, and then I am voicing the sound. Now, that sound exists in a lot of languages. Thank goodness for once we're on the same page with something. Because that sound exists in French. That sound exists in Arabic. That sound exists in many languages. I'm confident that that is a sound that many of you will be able to follow along with. And use effectively. We are, of course, going to talk about how we make that sound. 
but we're mostly going to look at some of the rules of how you use it or when you use that today because that's the tricky thing about the zh sound. It comes up all over the place. We see it in the word Asia. We see it in the word casual. And we see it in the word genre. Asia casual genre. What? Those all have different spellings. So while you may be good at making that sound already, the common denominators of when you make those sounds may not feel so natural to you. And that is something that we're going to dive into today. Now, before getting into that, something I would like to do is I would like to quickly request that you make sure that you hit that subscribe button to the English Out Loud podcast. When you subscribe to the English Out Loud podcast, then you get notified as soon as new content comes out, as soon as I've got new things out. And as I've discussed in the past, when you know these things before your friends, well, put it this way. You're in a restaurant, you're ordering your dinner, and you've read off everything in your dinner in flawless American English. You've had a nice, good three-course meal, a little appetizer maybe, a big entree, and a nice creme brulee for dessert, and the bill comes. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, here we go, here's the painful part. And the bill says zero dollars. Zero dollars. Absolutely. And the waiter looks at you and he says, your money's no good here, pal. Someone who speaks as clearly and as focused as you, we don't want to take money from you. You eat for free as long as you're in this restaurant. And then that waiter calls every other restaurant in the neighborhood and he tells them, this gentleman eats for free. And he puts that on his Instagram. That's what we're working with when it comes to your English here. That's the result. That's what I want to show you. I want you to eat for, I want you to eat for free. I want you to eat for free. I want to give you something right now that I'm going to communicate to you that is going to help you get a free meal later. And so when you are subscribed to this podcast, that becomes a possibility in your future. Has that ever happened to me? No, no, that hasn't happened to me, but that could happen with somebody someday it could happen and i'd love to be a part of that and i'd love that person to be you that that happens to well hit subscribe and you'll be notified whenever new episodes come out let's get on with the show let's get on to the sound first i want to talk about how we make the sound before i get into the specific rules of when to use it how do we make the Well, you see the zh sound. It employs the same position as the sh sound, the sh. That's why this is considered a zh. Zh. So before we move forward, try making that sh sound for yourself as a starter. If you're making the same sh sound as I am, sh, you have your lips pushing away from your face. You have your tongue high in both the front and the middle. The blades of your tongue are touching your top teeth, while the front of your tongue is just touching about your alveolar ridge, that kind of ridge right behind your teeth. Your front of your tongue is touching that alveolar ridge lightly. And the tip of your tongue 
is just leaving a small gap for air to pass through. Well, now we're going to change that pure air to voice and air. If you put a couple fingers on your throat, you'll feel, if you go from shh to zzzz, you'll feel that you're maintaining that same position. However, your throat now starts vibrating, doesn't it? You can feel the tickly feel on your fingers. That is the ZH sound that we're going to be working with, the one found in usual. Measure, Asia, Jacques. That's a French name, Jacques, Jacques. Now, one thing that I'd like to point out, when we're making that sh or zh, your teeth must be very close together, along with everything else. So you've got your tongue high up in the middle, blades of the tongue touching the teeth, the front of the tongue touching the ridge, the tip of the tongue leaving a little space for voice to pass through. And your teeth are very close together, almost overlapping. A common difficulty I'll hear students do is... Like that. Why do people do that? Because they don't keep their teeth super close together. They aren't focusing the sound quite as much as they want to. So keeping your teeth very close together, that's the trick. Okay, so let's get a feel for that. Let's solidify the muscle memory of the We're going to read out a quick little list here where we've got the sound followed by a vowel sound. Let's check these out, starting with Jean. Jean. Zer. Zer. Now we're going to put that zh between two vowels. Asia. Asia. Eugen. Eugen. And now we're going to do three more, but with the vowel before the zh and nothing after it. This is the one a lot of people find trickiest. Let's see what you got. So now that we've got a good feel for this, we've talked about how to make it. It's like a shh, but with some voice. Let's get into just how you can identify this. So as we've mentioned, the zh sound, it doesn't have one specific spelling. There are four common denominators for it. First off, words ending in a vowel plus the letters S-I-O-N will get a zhin, zhin sound. So let's see some here. Vision. Notice the stress is in the first syllable there, V, where the jin is quick and quiet, unstressed. Vision. Confusion. Confusion. Three-syllable word, the stress is in the second syllable. 
The vowel gets stretched out in there a little bit longer, and then the zhin, quick and quiet. Confusion. So here's some quick phrases here. 2020 vision. 2020 vision. Mass confusion. Mass confusion. I hope I'm not causing mass confusion right now by everybody listening to this. I hope that everybody's getting this. And, uh, and I'm not just making a bunch of mass confusion. So words that are ending in a vowel and then an S-I-O-N. Jin. Next up, words that have a vowel, an S, and a U are going to get that ju sound as well. Let's see a couple here. Casual. Folks, this is just a quick message to remind you to subscribe to the Accent Training Podcast. If you haven't already, you don't want to miss a second of this accent training experience. And you want to be updated whenever I've got new content out for you. So if you haven't subscribed, hit subscribe now. Casual. Measure. Measure. Couple phrases with that. We've got a casual dress code. Casual dress code. That means wear whatever you want. Pretty much. It means just go what you're comfortable in. Casual dress code. Measuring up. If you measure up to something, then you are equal to a particular task or something that needs to be done. Measuring up to something. Measuring up. So we see now it's not measure or measure. I hear other people measure, measure. That is very common to make it a J sound. Just as making it an SH sound, measure, is also a very common thing. However, the J has qualities of both the J and the SH. It's got the voice of the J. And it's got the fricative movement of the SH. But with some focus, I can assure you, you'll get that in no time. Next up, we want to consider words ending in the letters S-I-A. S-I-A. Such as Asia. Asia. J. I know I've got a lot of listeners in Asia. People around Asia listening. Some of them may be Persian, Jin, Persian people. Again, not Persian, nor is it Persian, but Persh, Persian. So notice it's a J, Jin, when it's at the end of the word there. Anesthesia, anesthesia, what the doctor gives you to you know, make you go to sleep so that they can do some work. Anesthesia. And then the fourth rule that we want to consider is GE in words of French origin. Words of French origin. Now, okay, I can't expect you to know every single word of French origin. But here's a few to get you started and then see if you can find any more in your daily life. Garage. Anybody who owns a house likely has a garage. Collage. Collage. 
genre. Music genre. What is genre? Well, genre is a, a category. Genres are categories of things. Sabotage. Sabotage. What is sabotage? Sabotage is damaging something. Doing something to vandalize, damage, or break something. Sabotage. Okay, so those are our four rules. Those are the four rules there. Vowel sound plus S-I-O-N. Vowel sound plus S plus a U. Words ending in the letters S-I-A. And words with a G-E that are of French origin. Like I said, this is a sound that comes from French. Names like Jacques. As I mentioned in the beginning, Jacques. They use that zh sound as well, don't they? So how are we going to practice this one? Well, we are going to practice this one. We practice plenty. Said a lot of good, frequently used words, necessary ones that I hope you can take into your daily life with you. But what we want to do is consider some idiomatic expressions. Idiomatic expressions with the zh sound. Such as bon voyage. Bon voyage. What is that? Bon voyage. If I say, I wish them a bon voyage and sent them off. Bon voyage. That means have a good trip. Have a good trip wherever you're going. This morning somebody asked me, does that refer to trips of a long distance? And it does. Typically a long trip. Maybe not necessarily going for a long time, but you're going quite a distance, not just the other side of the town. So, bon voyage. I wished them a bon voyage and sent them off. Bon voyage. Another one here, a snap decision. Snap decision. Now, the other day I was in Clubhouse, and I was talking with Lorraine from Intrepid English, who I had a great interview with a little while ago. And we were giving a room together talking all about idiomatic expressions. And one that came up was this one here, snap decision, snap decision. And she said something that I thought was fantastic. She pointed out that when she says a snap decision, snap decision, she will snap her fingers along with it to just emphasize the point a little bit. Isn't it funny? We can kind of talk with our hands. And this is very commonly done. Make a snap decision. I made a snap decision and I bought Oreos. Couldn't decide what to get for dinner. I got Oreo cookies for dinner in a snap decision. And so thank you, by the way, Lorraine. Thank you for that little piece of advice because I have already used that in at least three or four classes. And so we've got people snapping all over the place now. Okay, another idiom here using the word measure. Measure. Beyond measure. Beyond measure. The results were beyond measure. They did great. Beyond measure. That means to an extremely great extent. Far exceeding everybody's expectations. Beyond measure. To a great extent. All right, well, I've got one more idiom here, and then we're going to wrap this one up for today. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. What does that mean? It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Bon voyage. Well, this is to say, I have enjoyed your company. Pleasure. 
pleasure. It's been a pleasure. I have enjoyed your company. It's to say thank you for coming by. It's to say thank you for chatting. Bon voyage. Have a good trip. I have enjoyed your company. It's been nice to see you. It's been a pleasure. It's been nice to see you. That is another commonly used idiomatic expression. That one I think you could use a few times a day, actually. And you would seem very polite. It really, it wouldn't stand out. You could actually probably use that. Maybe not in your next interaction. I'm not going to say you could use that in your next, because maybe you go to the grocery store and you're buying something. And, uh, and you pay and you say, it's been a pleasure. Well, I mean, they're going to say, okay, thanks. Like, it's been a pleasure shopping here. I mean, sometimes it's a pleasure to shop in some places. When they've got lots of food out to taste, that's when it's a pleasure to shop. However, often I'm an in-and-out kind of guy. I don't, I don't want to just hang around. I, I don't take a lot of pleasure in shopping. I take pleasure in cooking the food, but buying the food, ugh, I just, I'm not big on it. It's not a pleasure to me. It's been a pleasure today, folks, and I'm happy that you have listened to this episode up until the point that you've learned the idiomatic expression. It's been a pleasure because it's been a pleasure to teach that to you. It's been a pleasure to ensure that you're just getting the little bits of information that you need to boost your English and your, your overall confidence in your speech. Now, I've got to get to wrapping this one up for today. That's an idiom that you're used to. You know, I say that a lot. Wrapping this thing up for today. Let's wrap this puppy up. What does that mean? Well, we all know what that means. That is saying we're finishing something. We are finishing a task. We're wrapping it up. So we're going to wrap this one up for today. Because we've looked at a handful of idioms, we've looked at this sound, how to make it. And if you want to practice this further with me, well, you've got a couple of options for that. One of them is, of course, Clubhouse. I go on to Clubhouse regularly, and on this Clubhouse app, I talk to people. I teach lessons. And this morning, I was teaching a lesson about the zh sound and how you can get used to it. Zh. And uh, and I met, you know, I got a good idea of some of the difficulties people are facing, and we had a good time overall. So the Clubhouse app, you most certainly want to check that out. If you want to hear what I've got to say live, well, you can see whenever I schedule a room about the ZH on Clubhouse. Secondly, if you want to learn even more about that and you can't just wait for me to make a room on Clubhouse, well, don't worry. Because one of the features of the website that I'm opening up is going to be that I will... Because one of the features of the website that I'm opening up is going to be a number of notes and many more materials to give this zh sound more direction. I'll have some more podcast content about it and just things of myself reading off phrases for you to read back. And hey, like I said, this is all about shadowing and repeating, all about hearing what I'm doing. And repeating it back to me. And so this is how you want to be practicing this particular zh sound. And so the website is coming out. I can't announce a name yet. But within the next couple of weeks, within the next two weeks, I would say this is going to be up and running, my friend. So if you are someone who's been listening to episodes one after another for so long, 
and you think to yourself, I really like a particular episode, and I want more information on that, I want more materials to practice, where can I find it? Look no further. This website I've got coming up, like I said, the name, I can't quite announce it yet for a number of reasons, but I can't announce it yet. But it's coming out very soon. And when this comes out, well, you're going to find your home for all of the uh, accent and pronunciation materials that you need. So I hope that you've enjoyed yourself today. I know I most certainly have. And I hope I got many more incredible topics to uh, discuss with you in the days to come. So make sure to keep tuned in. Like I said, hit that subscribe button and you'll know before all the rest of your friends whenever a new episode comes out. Thank you very much for tuning on in today. Make sure that you enjoy your, of course, your meals of the day. But I've got to think of something else. What else should you be enjoying? Enjoy the clean air if you've got any clean air to breathe. And if you don't, well, enjoy the people around you. Enjoy the, I don't know, good food or the, um, I'm always suggesting things about food. Aren't I? It's a funny thing. I'm always thinking about that. But that's all right. That's just me. I'm hungry. I'm hungry often. But I've got a smoothie here. Got my smoothie. This is keeping me going. And that's what I enjoy. When I need something to enjoy, I say to myself, what can I enjoy right now? I don't know what I'll, I'll have a smoothie. Make a quick little smoothie. Keeps me going. Lots of energy. This stuff can be rocket fuel. The things that you can put into a smoothie. Oh, my goodness. Look at me. Right back at it, talking about food. Enjoy a movie if you're looking for things to enjoy. Go enjoy a movie and enjoy yourself. Have a good one. I'm opening my doors of enrollment for the month of May. I've got five accent training spots available for five accent learners who want to see predictable progress learning to communicate in English with the same habits, the same patterns, and the same sounds that Americans use naturally. I've got limited space available this month, my friend. So apply right now through the link in the description if it's important for you to learn to speak English in the way that Americans listen for.